This podcast is brought to you by Continuum, proud sponsors of Wessex Wanderers. Hello, listeners. It's your host again, Trotchy. I've been duped into it once again. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined on this week's podcast by reserve team manager Mark Cooper and his assistant, Lewis Berry. Evening, boys. Good evening. Evening, Trotch. How are you both feeling after the, the end of the season now then? Relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a long one. How about you, Lou? Yeah, I mean it didn't end very well, did it? No, no, it didn't. No, we can't uh, we can't get away from that that last game, unfortunately, and still still having sleepless nights over it. Especially bringing myself on with 20 minutes to go. It's the, you're in the pits of the season now, aren't you? Yeah, that's been giving me nightmares ever since. <laughs> what about playing 12 players at one point in the game? That was just genius. <laughs> I, was, I was watching from the other side of the pitch and I said, Ron, I've seen three players come on, but only two go off. And he's going, oh, shut up. I'm going, I'm serious. He said, Count them then. So I quickly, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, they got 12 players. And Ron's gone, they, they haven't. Of course they haven't. I said, count them then. And he went, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lou made what, the subs. Lou made the subs. And then I, I looked at Jack Sibley and I was like, well, I'm sure Lou was on about taking him off. And then Sibley was looking over at me and he was like, where, where am I playing? Oh, look how I get the blame on the podcast. What a joke. Yeah. And I said to Jack Owen, I'm so sorry, I won't be bringing him again. <laughs> well, as soon as the assistant manager suggested 3-5-2, we didn't actually concede. Before that, we conceded five. Hmm. Cheers, mate. <clears throat> <laughs> didn't did, <laughs> did score any more either, though, did you? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. You, you consolidated a 5-2 loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very bold. It. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, let, let's, go, let's go right back to the start. How, how do you think, um, what was pre-season like from a reserves percep- perspective? Yeah, it wasn't, well, it wasn't too bad. Go on, go on mate. <laughs> We're both waiting for each other then. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, so we had um, six games in total uh, over pre-season. Uh, one of them was intra-club, so not really counting that. Um, but it was good prep anyway. Uh, we had out of the five competitive pre-season friendlies, um, we won four and lost one. Um, but even though we managed to get quite a few, uh, even though we managed to get the six games in, I think me and Lou both agreed both during and after pre-season, that we didn't really get to play um, as much as a as a reserves team, as, as much as we would have wanted to. Wasn't Steph being used quite a lot in the first team pre-season, if I remember right? Yeah, there was quite a few games where it was almost like mixed teams. So it was like first and reserves mixed and reserves and Colts mixed, uh, which mm-hmm. wasn't 
wasn't ideal. Um, so what were what were the results? You say you played six games. You... Yeah, so we played St. Valiers, um, and that was that was at Lockleys. Lewis will Lewis will remember that game very very well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah clean out out cold. <laughs> I think he's still affected by it to this day, you know. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I remember coming to watch the was it Real St George game. Hmm. That, uh, that 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 was a good game. I, I thought, yeah, they look all right. That that was but the first time I've seen Kiarden. That was a never mixed deal. Yeah, yeah, we beat um, them seven two. That was that was a really really hot day, um, and they were out warming up about an hour before kickoff. And I remember us sat in the changing room trying to stay cool. Um, but yeah, it was that, that was. I think it was that August, last August, where it was just, you know, some of the weather was absolutely ridiculous, really, really hot weather. But, yeah, we got some, we got with the Rail, uh, the Rail St. George, we we won 7-2. We played Bemi Dang Reserves, beat them 3-2. Um, beat St. Valiers, who, of course, play in the league above, where the reserves are now. Um, lost 2-0 against your old lot. Reserves, Trotty, Nick One's reserves. Mm. Uh, that that was like a an evening game uh, at the end of August, and it was yeah, that was a real mixed side that we we put out. And then we ended our preseason a couple of days later against Snade Park first team, and we won nine nil. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I thought I thought preseason for me. I didn't think it was that great in terms of a reserves point of view. Some of the results were obviously okay, but in terms of going into a season, having a settled team, I think it was probably one of the worst pre-seasons for that. We didn't, we didn't have an absolute clue. Like Cooper said, it was we had a mixture of reserves going with like first team or it was reserves with Colts. It was never a game where it was like, right, this is our reserve team. But obviously, things affected that from last season. Our old assist, our old manager from the reserves last season, decided to leave um, and took pretty much half the reserve team with him. So that affected the club going forward into pre-season. <laughs> Didn't take anyone. Some people just follow. Anyway, it, 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 I, I agree. Like, I think with the with the the reserve. Pre-season, I think, I think without having obviously, I've listened to the the Colts podcast end of season. Um, first first teams hasn't been released yet, um, but I think across all three teams, I think we can probably say pre-season was inadequate, and we need to build on that um, going into you know into next season. Take the the lessons learned, and and you know the fact we were still talking about fitness when when Trotty and Ron came back to the club uh, and we were even talking about it in sort of February and March where we had players who were still walking around overweight without, uh, without match fitness. And it really affected um, the results at the club. So we need to go into next season with that sort of, with that monkey off of our back. 
and all joke all joking aside really with the whole um obviously nick going to nick ones it, it was more of a transition really for this season it wasn't just that obviously nick left and a few players followed him we had key players from the first team that went back to london and decided to leave we had players from the reserves that decided to leave as well so it was definitely a transition so i think that's what made it more difficult in the pre-season yeah well the, the plans are already going in in place for pre-season and we hope to hit the ground running don't we so what about um who were the sort of new new arrivals this season who who, who were in and around the the reserves well i've, I've, I've got a couple of, of names in my head um a couple of the young ones that came along were like Dre, uh, Dom, Khalil joined a little bit later, obviously made a good impact and obviously went and played a few games for you, Nick, in the first team. Uh, Ryan, towards the end of the season, he was in and around the first, the reserves and the Colts, but he cemented a place at right back um, for us for the last few games. Um, Ollie again. He was a latecomer, made an instant impact for the last few games for the reserves. Very tidy player. And um, and Dapper is another one that joined late and made a very positive impact at centre-back for the reserves. Yeah, he, he really shored up the defence for you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone else on your mind. Oops. Yeah, I think just... You know the the players you've said absolutely. You know made a made a big impact. Um, Ollie Miles in the last two games scored a, a absolute shed load of goals. Um, Khalil as well uh, provided and scored um, in in those last games for us after coming up from the from the Colts, and then obviously figuring in in Trushy Ron and Matt's plans in the first team. Um, we can't can't forget Caden. Uh, made his debut in the reserves um, again in, in our game against Parson Street. Uh, Alex Fateo uh, sort of one day said, "Oh, I've got a mate who, who used to play at high level. He's a goalkeeper. Do you, do you fancy bringing him into the club?" And all of us at this, you know, we all absolutely lent in on that and said, "Yeah, let's let's get him in." So he played against against Parson Street and and immediately had uh, made a made a really good impact. Um it helped that Matt and Tom, who were the first team managers at the time, were both at the game. Uh so it was that that was a really good addition to the club. Obviously, you know, made an Im- instant impact in the reserves, but then went on to figure uh heavily in, in the first team plans. There's a couple of others that I, I want to give like a bit of a shout out to. We had both the Tuckers come in, um, Sam and Alex. They yeah. both played played loads of games for for the club in the reserves, especially as well. Sam uh, was next to Steph for for a couple of months uh, and did and did really really well in, in what was a difficult um, difficult league to go into. Um, and he's a young lad as well. He's still you know he's he's still learning his game. Uh, we had Fez join us in pre-season as well from Fish Bonds, and he made a, a really good impact. Really like, um, really like Fez, and and he, he hopefully he'll have more opportunities 
um, going forward, especially, you know, we get a good pre-season under our belts and everyone gets a fresh, fresh opportunity. Uh, Kiarden, uh, he came, came along and, and showed us that when he's available and when he's fit, he can, he can have a good impact. Um, and I think the last one that I want to sort of mention who I want to see a lot more of is, is Louis, uh, who, who came along. He's a, he's a fresh, fresh uni lad. Um, and according to him, he can play in multiple positions across um, you know, across the pitch and with a bit of luck uh, and availability, we'll, we'll see a lot more of him next season as well. Yeah, I've, I've liked what I've seen of Louis in, in, in the few games I've seen him. Hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely. T- tell us about results then over, over the over the course of the season. What's your general general sort of feelings on it? Inconsistent. That's probably that would probably sum up the whole season. Yeah, I mean the the we played twenty league games, won eight, drew five, lost seven. That that really encapsulates just how how up and down we've been. Yeah. Uh, we ended up with a positive goal difference of plus 14, second best goal difference in the league. But when you look at some of the games that we've, we've drew and lost, um, you know, we can, we can look back at um, really frustrating results against Broad playing the first game of the season, five, three up with 10 minutes to go. Uh, and they were down to 10 men and came back to draw five all with us, which was, you know, devastating. Uh, cutters away, a horrible day of football, horrible weather. And they battered us 3-0. And I think they went down to eight men at, at one point because of their ill discipline. Um, and then obviously we, we spoke about it at the start, even mouth away. You know, a game where we needed to get something out of it. We were winning the game and then a mad five minutes at the end of the first half, we can see three goals and we go on to, to lose the game. But then there's also incredible highs. The the Imperial game when we played them at home and I think it was seven one. And we we did the, the double over Redbridge as well. Um which which I know the reserves couldn't do last season. I want to sneak that in there, um, but genuinely, in the in the games that we played, we know they're a difficult side to play against. I think they're a much changed side from from what you had to deal with last season, um, but still, you know, a difficult side to play against. And you know, we we smashed them home and away. So yeah, just up and down, frustrating. I think. I think the. The strange thing for me is like the ups are also the downs because we beat Imperial, beat them 7-1, drew against them in the league, lost against them in the cup. Like how can it be so inconsistent with the results against them? Cutters absolutely walked them at home, but lost to them when they were bottom of the league at their ground. And we had a strong team out that day. It's just like that. there's the highs and then the lows are against the same teams that we've got the highs against. It's just, like I said at the start of it, the inconsistency is just so bad. We're all playing. They just they walked the league. They deserved it. I know we were down to 10 men, but they were fitter than us, better than us. 
uh, for me like yeah completely agree yeah I don't I don't see that as much as a down I know we're 5-3 up but it's a team that we should be beating which is the most frustrating thing what's your um what's your feelings on the on the final league position if you would have asked me at the start of the season Hooper would back me up on this and it's not it's not that I don't want to win the league like I everyone knows how competitive I am and I want to win every game we had a conversation before the season started the position we were in the transition the team was in and going up the league from last season bear in mind we only finished we only finished third last season so it wasn't automatic promotion we got offered to go up and took it so yeah we thought it'd be a tough league so we was like, look, if we got in this league and got in a fairly decent position, maybe a mid-table, that wouldn't be too bad. But the teams that are in there, they have, they have some tough games. But actually, you ask me now, it's just disappointing. Like the league position, the teams that are in there, they're not as good as what we thought they'd be. And as we said just now and touched on, the game is that we should have won. We should have won these games. And if we would have won these games, then we'd be promoted. So before the season, if you'd have asked me about a league position, I would have said, yeah, happy with that. But of how the season's gone and some of the performances, yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We're, at the moment, we're, we're fifth in the league. Some teams have got two games to play. Some some have got one left. So it looks like um, we could end up fifth, potentially fourth, depending on how the league rule against um, Stokeside for fielding ineligible players against us when we, we played them at home. Um, but, you know, I, I can't look at that and, and hope and pray that we get points because, again, we were in a commanding position against against Stokeside with with 10, ten minutes to go. Fight 4-2 um, up and we go on to lose 5-4. Shocking, shocking. Um, capitulation, and I think that's probably one of the words that that sticks in my mind um, about some of the games that we've had. We've just completely capitulated, bottled games, and it's it is very frustrating. But we we have to come out of it, like Lou said. It was a it was a a, a different season for the reserves. Big changes across across the board. Um, we've used so many players, players that. Um, you know, when you look at it, probably weren't at the standard for Div 2, but everyone who put a Wessex shirt on this season put 110% in. We can't question that. We, you know, we, we call players up and they do their, they do as, as best as they can. Um, but we play against teams that have got a solid 15 to 20 players in their squad for the whole season. And it shows sometimes with the way that they play and, the way that they gel, they know how they know each other, um, and yeah, it just it leaves a bit of a, a sour taste. But we were top of the league for three or four months. I know that that was kind of a false position because Broad Plain did, didn't play a league game for God knows how long because they were involved in cup finals and cup runs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, to finish fourth or fifth after the season that we've had with all the changes it's a platform to go on to next season and that's I think that's probably the, the best way I can look at it 
Yeah. Did you have any, did you have many sort of standout performers over the course of the season? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Who put on his red wine again? Yeah. Toasting the end of the season. Um, I think, I think early on in the season, like anything up to before Christmas, I think the way the way that I look at it, there was there was probably one standby player in my mind, and I'm sure Lewis will probably agree with this as well. Um, it was a bood, and it was it was impressive considering his start to the the first game. Um, we took him off at halftime. Uh, he started as centre mid, um, and wasn't doing what. Uh, we we required from from him in that role, uh, so he was he was dragged off at halftime, um, and then in a in a training session, uh, he came along to the next training session. Fair play to him, and and Lewis kind of looked at him and went, "I reckon there's a winger in there," and I I slid the ump. I was like, "No, no, I, I don't see it," and but Lewis did. And then we had a chat in the build-up to the second game, and um, put him put him out on the wing, and he was just he was super for us in in the time before he 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 left. Uh, he had to go away for an internship. Um, but yeah, I think early in the season was definitely a booed. Um, I think Steph, uh, captain, and and Liam, obviously the goalkeeper were just so consistent both in their performances and their availability through the season uh, so you know, they, I have to shout them them both out uh, and then Lewis has already mentioned Dapper, him coming into the club <clears throat> which was a, a massive um, it was a massive sort of signing if you like for us a big acquisition because we needed someone in next to Steph who just has a you know that football brain he's got experience I think he's older than me which is which is saying something um and Lou, Lou brought him in and he, he just he gelled immediately didn't he yeah yeah I think he just slotted into the team but not only slotted into the team like into the club yeah, you could see even the players watching him. Even when the, I think the what game was it? Imperial, wasn't it? When it was at home, we had all the first team watching on the balcony, and that was they his were, debut, wasn't it? Yeah, they were all raving about him, saying how quality he was. And I think we had an intra club friendly like the week after or the week after that. Um, and like players just saying like how much they loved playing with him, and yeah, he just mm. slotted straight into the club, not just the team. His positioning for me is is outstanding. Obviously, that comes with with experience, doesn't it? But he, he, watching him from the side, he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and, and it, it gave. Sorry, it's gone. No, you go on, mate. I think, as you guys know, you need centre backs, centre back pairing that can complement each other, and I do feel like with Steph and Dapper. They do complement each other a little bit more. They've known super- for a long time as well, haven't they? Which which we, probably helps. We all played. We all played in the same team at Mangotsfield for years. So yeah, like like you said, it helps that they they know how each other plays and Steph can concentrate on his game. 
hasn't got to worry about anything. Dapper, like you said, he can read the game very well. He can sweep up. He's quality on the ball, good in the air. Just an overall very solid centre back. And as Hoop said, there's nothing nothing on um, Sam Tucker. Like I think he he done a very good job uh, for the few months that he was in the reserves playing next to Steph. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think the last the last two I want to mention as well in terms of standouts were just the pairing. We talked about pairing in Dapper and Steph, but the the pairing of of Sol and Crummins in the midfield. It was we we all strive for pairings as managers and setups and having both Steph and Dapper and then Sol and Crummins. It just had a a, a really good spine to the team. Um, the only thing we were really missing was was that that striker who was just you know banging goals consistently. But you know we, we've struggled with that as a as a club uh, over recent times. So you know that was that was a, a real a, a real benefit to the reserves to have that that solid spine. See, I'd agree with you, but I would also add Charlie Rogers into that. If there was a there's quite a few games we had in a row where it is Charlie, Sol, um, and Crummins. And I feel like the that midfield three really complemented each other. And I know obviously towards the end of the season, um Charlie was playing more first team football. Mm. But there was a good few weeks where well, a good few games where we had those three in the middle and it really worked. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It was it was bittersweet to to lose Charlie. Um, to the to the first team, but that's the that's the way that the club runs. And Charlie went into that into the first team and had a, a real solid effect um, on 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 their you know, and it got them at the league. So it was um, yeah, it was a good shout. I think I, for sure. I think yeah, and I think I, I agree with all the players that you said. Hoops. I think one more could be mentioned in Khalil. Like what an impact he's had. I know it's been very short again, but yeah, his ability on the ball. He's just, yeah, his, his technical ability and the way he just nutmegs players constantly. Even when they got their legs shut, he still nutmegs them. Mm. Like he's just, yeah, he's unreal, unreal. Um, he's made a real impact on the reserves and he's even, again, gone into the first team and done a job, job in the first team as well. Yeah. What I love about Khalil, he 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 plays football like he he's there to enjoy himself. He's mm. he, he sort of you know some some of the things he tries don't come off. More often than not, they do come off. But he's just having having fun at usually at the fullback's expense. It's like watching a B Tech Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> a compliment or <laughs> The thing that makes me laugh about Khalil is he's so quiet. Like before a game, he's got his headphones in. He just he's just chilling, and then as soon as he's out on the pitch, it's like that's his way of expressing himself. He is, yeah, he's electric. Yeah, yeah, he's been a good, a good, uh, a good find. So tell us, um, tell us a bit about you two then, because obviously, you know, it was, a, it was a new setup, wasn't it? You, uh. You've got Lewis on board as as your assistant at the start of the at the start of preseason. How's the how does it work? How's the working relationship between you two? Can't stand him. <laughs> if I was allowed to swear on a podcast, I would. 
That is um, <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, it was a strange one because obviously with with you and Ron leaving, um, I was asked to to go and take the take the reserves on after being Colts manager last season. Um, and at the time, you were asking Lewis, persuading Lewis to to join you at, at Nick Wands. I had an offer um, on the table, shall we say? I had an offer on the table, but but we countered that from Wessex, and and we we put an offer into Lewis to to stay and to to be the assistant in the reserves, and it wasn't an easy choice for for Lou. I I know that, and we spoke a lot about it over the over the weeks and months before the season started. Um, but we had a lot of a lot of sort of heart to hearts and good conversations to get him to stay. And from the minute he he said he was going to stay, it it gelled super quickly. And I can't get rid of him now. I'm surprised he's not here, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's good. Yeah. Go on, Lou. I second that, really. I think, like you said, talking about before the season, I was so I was so close to joining Nick Wands. I even shook Nick's, Nick's hand at one point and said, "Yeah." <laughs> but yeah, he's fine, actually. But like I say, I, I was always quite honest with you, like because of your, you know, your other commitments and stuff, and not being available each week. I didn't, you know, I I didn't make any promises. Did I? I said, "Look, you're more than welcome to come," but I just I just can't I can't guarantee you anything really game time like whatever sort of well you said to me i can offer you first team coach but i can't guarantee you because i can only play every other week i can't guarantee you that game time which mm. was still important to me and yeah. um and i think with with uh with Hughes, a massive thing is his understanding with obviously my situation and childcare and having my boy every other weekend, he just doesn't put any pressure on it. And I think even towards the start of the season, I think I actually had him extra. So I missed a few of the games that I should have played. And I can't knock him for that. Like he, he wasn't trying to convince me or go on Lou. I don't know if anyone else would do that to me, but, But yeah, there was no there was no pressure at all from him, which which made it a lot easier for me for, to be a dad and to enjoy playing when I could and to help Hooper be an assistant manager. Yeah, I don't it know. I, 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 closer I, as well. Yeah, it must be hard playing under a manager who's nagging you. Oh, it'd be fine. Just bring him along. Just bring him along. <laughs> Yeah, and then them, them saying that they'll watch him and they don't watch him, and he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. He was only crying for sixty minutes. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, they got toughened up though. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on about Hooper then. I went on about my boy. <laughs> so what? Um, yeah, how how quickly would you say you settled as a team? Did you did you sort of did it just fall into place quite quick? Well. As a team, not as a management, if I'm completely honest, as a team, I don't think we settled all season. No, I mean, I mean, you two as a, as a management team. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems. I, I think it was made very easy for me. 
with because of Hooper. And I, yeah. I got to take my hat off hat off to him for that. He didn't put any pressure on me to do any extra things. I just had to turn up and help him with bits and bobs on match day and talk through, obviously, team selection in the midweek. But, yeah, like, Hoop's done the majority of it all season. But even at the beginning, there was no pressure. So it was easy. It was yeah. it was nice nice for me after, obviously, being in the Colts last season and had an assistant last season. But it was something that couldn't be avoided in terms of Scotty not being able to to commit and uh, it was I was kind of used to doing a lot of things a lot of the setup and stuff on my own but the biggest change for me was um, because Lewis was already not only established at the club but also captain the reserves last season he knew the players inside the night so where, whereas I may have um, I may may not have known the players as well Lewis immediately sort of plugged that gap with the information that he had, the knowledge that he had, and, and the the players, you know, across all three teams, massively respect Blue, and it it goes to show like how how much he's con- kept his consistency as a player, um, even though he can only play, you know, maybe maybe one in two weekends. He went from being in the being in the reserve team whenever he was available up to Christmas, but then as soon as as soon as you and Ron came back to the club, and because obviously you know him from from the season before as well, um, he was he was in and amongst the first team pretty much every week um, when he was available in the first team, which which did I wouldn't say harm the reserves, but it, it did have a, an impact, but it was for the better of the club and the the biggest um the biggest thing that we needed was for the first team to stay in that league and lewis was you know probably taking taking words out of your mouth or or maybe doing him saying too much but you know he was a big part of keeping the first team in in that league uh yeah he definitely played his part definitely i mean lewis will lewis will verify this as well like me we had chats with Lewis when we came back and and the plan was to leave him leave him alone really because we didn't you know we didn't want to plan around any player that was available every other game at best but it just felt on, on the weeks he was he he was available there was always a big hole in this in the team whether that was at CDM or or at fullback we were there was always someone not available and you know, you just you call on what you rely on, don't you? But yeah, so thanks for all your effort, efforts, Lewis. No, I enjoyed it. Going going back to the reserves then, talking of players, how many did you use in total? <laughs> uh, so it, so yeah, it's cra- it's a crazy number. Um, so we've used seventy players in the reserves this season. Wow. Yeah, um, so it's it's a it's a crazy number, um, and when when you look at those players um, that have that have played, there's a, a a huge amount of them who have only played uh, one game, um, and and probably the same amount who have played two games, which is mm-hmm. you know baffling. There's 
yeah, it's 24 players who have only played two games. And I think it backs or up less. What, I think it backs up what I said just now um, with that question when I was saying I don't think the team has settled all season. And there's, there's no wonder we haven't settled properly for the whole season when we've used 70 players. Yeah, it that that amount of turnaround, it, it, like what can you do with that? It's you can't you can't work with that amount of turnaround. I've, I think I speak on behalf of all of us as as managers throughout all three teams. We're all desperate just for a, a a settled team. You'll always have one or two tweaks from from week to week, but mm. to get that consistency and and to build that 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 teamwork that that. Well, it's it's a bond as well, but also to gel as a team, you need to play as a team week in week out, don't you? So, yeah, so it's something we've we're desperate desperate for at the club. Well, yeah, we thought it was it. quite bad last season in the reserves. I think was it around fifty? Around think, about yeah. that number? I want to say about forty-eight. Yeah, so I thought that was quite bad then, but seventy is just. With, with yeah, with that though, we last season we had we had a much we we had a, a lot of regular, we had like a, a core part of the team, didn't we? Yeah, we did in the reserves last season. We we were quite fortunate in that sense. A lot of the, like Hooper said, a lot of the numbers came up with people with the odd appearance or or two, but we had like a, yeah, I, I'd say a probably a, a regular eight, and it makes a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a massive number. So, who made the most appearances then? It wasn't Lewis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I played uh, more for was, the first team than I than the reserves. I think you probably did, yeah. So, the, the, the player who made the most uh, by quite a margin was Steph, big Steph, the captain with 17 league appearances and two cup appearances. Um, that's with, that's and with the, him saying that he's left 12 times as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has yeah. a few times this season, hasn't he? <laughs> Bless him. But when he didn't play, he watched. Yeah, And that, that just goes to show his commitment. Um, he's just passionate. He's just passionate. He, he wants to win. That's the way it is. Comes across uh, when, a little bit. Yeah. He wears his art on his sleeve, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He means well. He means well. Yeah, yeah but he, def- he definitely does. Yeah, and, and obviously you made him captain at the start of the season, didn't you? It, it, was, a, it was almost like a no-brainer, Lou, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we didn't... Like, if you look at the team from last season, um, the reserves... And then the team for this season, the start of it, there weren't many players left over from last season. Oh, um, off the off the top of my head, I'd I'd say just Liam and Steph. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, um, like yeah, there was a new game. And obviously we had Charlie as well, didn't we? Actually, um, for about what two games? Charlie Kempson, yeah, I think he played a couple of games for us, and then he left. Um, and he was. And he was captain. He was the vice captain at the time, yeah. Um, but you know that that was born out of his frustration with the amount of changes in in the reserves, and we, we were all feeling that. It's just you know we 
we knuckled down and we applied ourselves to the to the season and, and worked with what we had to work with, um, which you know you have to do, and 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 that's you know an admirable thing from Steph was even though his passion maybe got the the better of him in in individual moments, he, he was still the most consistent player. And then we've mentioned Liam; he was the next. Um, the next most consistent, most appearance, the next uh, most appearances were thirteen, uh, and it would have been more from Liam if if it wasn't for the fact he was he was out for four or five weeks with with an injury. So he he probably would have, you know, maybe played every game if it wasn't for that. Yeah, but both have been a, a massive part of the reserves this season for sure. I think, I think Liam's grown in in confidence. I and I can say for sure that his clicking's improved so much this season, and he has been a lot more consistent. And that comes with game time, right? And being in one team rather than being in, I think, when he around the first team, the reserves and the Colts at one point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's played across all three. I mean, like, he was with me a lot last season in the Colts, yeah. um, and obviously. You know, goal, good goalkeepers are are hard to find, and we we were lucky. We we found we found Caden um, through through Alpha Tio, and and Steph was was consistent and was involved as well. And we we went through some other goalkeepers. I can't even remember their names now. Um, but you know, it, it goes it goes about saying Liam's improved. A huge, huge amount from the the first couple of games that we had in the in the Colts, but even then I was raving about him to, in the managers group. But the, his shot stopping is, I think Ron Ron said it, it is brilliant. He's a brilliant shot stopper, and he's worked on other areas of his game. Like Lou said, his kicking is 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 really really good now, very consistent. His positioning's got a lot better, but you know. Nobody's a complete player. We we all need to work on stuff, and and Liam knows what he needs to to work on as well to to keep his place for next season. Yeah, absolutely. So, who would you say are the big characters then in the reserves this season? I think he's not only obviously a big person, but a big character. Steph, like he's one of the biggest characters at the club. I think. Um, as I said earlier, he's he does he does get a bit emotional at times after games, um, where frustration kicks in. But that just that just comes from him just having that mentality of wanting to win and want wanting Wessex to do well. Like he does, he loves the club. But yeah, he's a massive character. He scared the life out of me, Lou. Those first couple of games. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to, I, I, I've never managed, I've seen Steph play, of course, over the, the, the years I've been at the club, but I've, I've, I've never managed him. So in those first couple of games, I just remember whenever he'd, he'd step out off the back line and he'd, he'd go and have a, he'd go and shout at someone or he'd, he'd lose his temper. I, I, I was almost like, oh no, he's going to get himself sent off. He's going to do something. He's going to, he's going to kill someone. Um, and it took me a little while to to just realise that that's just his part of his game is is getting in the opponent's heads and using his physicality to to impose himself into a game. And when I 
eventually just stopped having a heart attack every time he he wasn't where I thought he should have been um, and just let him crack on and let him play his game. Like you say, he's, he's, he's just so passionate and brings a leadership. I said to him after the last game against Avonmouth, he's, he is, he demonstrates my passion on the pitch uh, in a way that I couldn't do. And I can't do as a manager because otherwise I just never be allowed on the, on the touchline, but he, he epitomizes what, what we need in in that reserve team, which is strength and aggression, but channeled in the right way. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's what I like about Steph for such a big guy. He's actually a ball player centre back. Hmm. He likes playing now. We like playing. He likes playing out from the back. I think, I think Steph's his own biggest downfall. That's the only thing I'd say about him. I think he's a player that when we're winning, like he's he's on a high. And then I think he gets into his own head a little bit at times. If there's been a performance where we've lost a team, he would then doubt himself a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he's one. Of the, he is one of the best centre-backs we have, for sure. I think you, you, put, you put Steph's, like, I don't know his his physique and his is sort of his, his attitude, and then you've got someone who's almost the the complete opposite of that in like Luke Crummins, who's just very quiet, very composed. Uh, he, he's obviously he's played a lot of first team football, so we know that he, he's got the ability and he's he's good uh, with the ball at his feet. Crummins is another character, and who kind of you know he's that that opposite to Steph who can diffuse situations and and calm things down when required as well. So Crummins when when he's been around has been, you know, a good a good person to have in and around the in and around the team. I tell you what, with big characters, Liam does come out with some funny one liners. He is funny, isn't he? He is. They're always one liners, but he yeah, he's a funny guy. Very funny. He's a good lad. Yeah. yeah, his social media comments where oh, he, yeah. uh, he, he he bodied Bowden, didn't he? On his when I think Bowden said something about letting his feet do the talking. Oh, brilliant! Can you remember Just, what he said? Yeah, but I don't think I can repeat it on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. So, whilst we're all uh, whilst we're all chuckling, any any funny moments from the season? Well, it's funny. Like, what's well? There you go. What's what's funny about this is me and Hoops um actually spoke about it earlier, and we both had the same thought in our heads. And one of them is nothing to do with football. It's just Cam Bryce being Cam Bryce, mm. just being in the, in the changing rooms before the game. He's like, "Oh yeah, look, look, everyone, like, look at my beard. Look how much it's growing." And we're looking, and we're like. Cam, you already got a beard, mate. And he's like, nah, nah. Like I've been using this stuff, this this beard oil, and it's make it makes you it makes your beard grow. I'm like, no, it doesn't. He's like, yeah, it does. So he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I paid fifty pound for it from the barbers. <laughs> and then Liam, me and Liam's gone on Amazon and gone, what this one? And it was ten pound on Amazon. <laughs> And Cam's face is just like, nah. 
and the fact that he thought it would help his beer grow was was uh, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, he was like, look, he had a picture on his phone, didn't he? He was like, yeah, look, this is last week. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's just like grown, like, I don't know, a couple of millimetres. But yeah, keep using it, Cam. It looks yeah. really good. And after, <laughs> after growing his beer for six months, the week later, he shaved it all off. <laughs> Might as well stay on Cam as well, actually. Another moment. Such a funny guy. We're playing, it was Imperial, I'm sure it was. And I was saying earlier, the first team was on the balcony watching. And we was like 6-1 up at the time. He's come on, he scored a goal. And the way he celebrated was like it was like a last-minute winner <laughs> against a team to win like a cup final. He's like turned around, looked at the balcony, put his arms in the air as if he's like a B-Tech Ebra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Were there any other funny celebrations? I don't think so. I can't I can't think I think there was there was one where I think Abood scored a goal at home. Uh and he, he went he, he ran up the line to to celebrate and, and I was stood on stood under the VO on on the on the side of the pitch. I think it was Kiarden like went to run past me to to grab a bood and a bood basically just like completely ignored him and came over to me and Lou to celebrate because that was I think that was a couple of weeks after we we changed his role and he was that just was on up, fire. That was at Rock Lees actually. It was on the 4G but at Rock Lees. That's right, yeah. So is it that yeah I got that wrong. But yeah it was it was it was just quite funny because I said to Kieran I went, it's not nothing personal mate. I said he you know he just rates us, doesn't he? And Kieran just chuckled. Yeah that was yeah. that was uh that was quite funny. Any other funny moments? Anything on the pitch? Um, it went on the pitch, but we towards the start of the season we had um, we had a it was whoever got man of the match used to do like a forfeit for the players, and one of the forfeits was the players had to draw me. Sure. Uh, Trash, I don't think you were you weren't around at the time. Um, you, so you, you, I remember there was a picture that you saved as your WhatsApp photo, wasn't there? So this is right. So I've I've um, I've said to the lads, I've said, right, whoever wins, that's my WhatsApp profile picture for a year. Um, so Liam drew this abomination uh, of a picture, which made me look out like I'd been hitting the gym for a year and a half. Um, you have, and you? Uh, six months, not long, not long. Ooh. and um yeah so I ha- i've had it as my whatsapp picture and of course like, i've got my family on whatsapp they're all like what is this picture and i'm like it's just football don't worry about it and i've started a new job um last year towards the, the back end of last year and um i've like i'm messaging my boss and i've completely forgot that this is my profile picture and he just rings me up one day and he goes i i, I need to ask He's like, what is your WhatsApp picture? He's like, because you're in a works group at the moment and people are beginning to ask some questions about who you are. And I was like, all oh, right, I'll, I'll change it now then. Yeah, it wasn't um, it, it wasn't safe for work in any way, shape or form, but that, that was quite funny. And we've, we've identified that a lot of the lads at the club um, can't draw for toffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think another uh, funny moment, actually, um, thinking about it, was the... Um... Well, the Christmas party, wasn't it? Oh. When, when all the new lads had to dress up in the women's clothes and walk down the little 
aisle and flash themselves. <laughs> that was legit. That was probably one of the funniest things that I've I've seen off the pitch yeah. in this football club over the years That's I've brilliant. been here. It was we had Jake as well, didn't we? Jake Walsh, the general manager. He got um he got stitched up. The, was, funniest, yeah, was... the funniest one for me from them was um, Sam Oscroft because he did it so seriously. <laughs> Don't forget Ryan. Ryan went to town afterwards still wearing what he was wearing. So yeah, he, that was... he spent all night in a boob tube or whatever it was that he, he got stitched up with. But that, that was good. Charlie Elland was, a, was, was funny that night as well. He was... He, he took it. Uh, he took it with with good banter. But now that was that was funny. I think we've definitely set the bar high for the next uh, Wessex do. So, what? Tell us about um, the highs and lows of the season. Then, any any real brilliant moments or or, or times when you think, oh, <laughs> what what else could go wrong? Well, I think if I'm honest, we we covered a bit of it earlier with what Hoop said. And what I said with the um, the imp- Imperial games, like real lows of losing against them early in the cup, going out of one of the cups in an early stage, um, and then obviously drawing against them. And then at our home ground, we go and beat them 7-1 and pl- probably play the best football we've played all season. Mm. For me, that's for me. Obviously, I've not been around all season. Uh but for me, that was probably the yeah the highlight of the season in terms of playing a game or watching a game was Imperial. It all just seemed to click on that day when when I was watching from the from the balcony and from the sidelines. It just everything just seemed to go right on that day. Yeah, it was. Were you one 0 down as well that game? Yeah, yeah we were. conceded super early from a from a fluky shot from about forty yards out. Yeah, and then the lads just knuckled down and like Lou said we just we just played the ball the the way that we want to we we play out from the bat there's no secret every everybody knows that that's what we do um and it it, in the games against Imperial and against Redbridge we 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 demonstrated exactly how how we wanted to play and and we did it fantastically well and then there were other games and I think we, we mentioned cutters away just horrible result and really that that's that's one of the games where I, I got home and I thought what's the point? Like we've we've gone out there, we've named a strong team against a team that hasn't won a game all season. Bearing in mind there is only about six or seven games played by that point. Um and but we, we didn't weren't lose going a into that. Game, did we? we didn't lose a single game at that point. We we were unbeaten going into it, yeah. I wasn't there for that game, so I didn't see that. But for, for me, I don't even think it's losing to cutters. I think the way we've lost games and the way we've conceded, as we mentioned earlier, the Stoke side um, game at home, the broad plane and the, the last game of the season when we conceded three goals in about three minutes in the first half. Yeah. It, yeah. Watching that game, it was just a mentality thing. You... You know, it two one up with a few minutes to go at half time. It's almost like when that equaliser went in, a couple of minutes before half time. Rather than just consolidate and 
get to half time, heads just dropped. It went all over the place. There was there was a lot of negativity on the pitch, wasn't there? Just bickering at which, each other. Which yeah, which didn't help. Yeah, uh, no, it, it it didn't. But you know, when we we talk about highs, you know, the league position that we we ended up with, or we will end up with at the end of this season, means that we're you know we're we're going to be playing Div Two football next season. Um, we've got a lot of players that we we know we want to keep at the club. There's players that we want to bring into the club. You know, we we've got to come off the back of this season and and go into pre-season really in good spirits, knowing that you know with the the management we've got at the club, the committee, the players that we've got as well, we just need to push on now. We can focus on the individual bits like composure and you know maybe getting a little bit more. Um, focus on how to manage a game of football. That's a, that's a big thing for the, for the reserves. How to manage that, like you say, going into the last five minutes of a of a half or of a game when you're when, when you're winning, it's about doing the smart things rather than doing the the sexy football that we we all like to play and we all like to watch. Sometimes mm. it's it's you, you kick it out into touch and you you know you do a little bit like what. You know, we've seen in the Premier League where you've got a club like a club like Arsenal who will just waste time, just regardless, and everybody hates watching it. It's not good to watch, but it it wins you football matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. It was just quickly. I don't think they call it like sexy football. I think they actually the the term for it is berry ball. A berry ball, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can that can die on this podcast with a bit of luck. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure I, I heard. I'm pretty sure I heard Trotty say Hooper ball twice this season. One at Imperial and one against Redbridge. So, correct. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go with. We'll go with Hooper ball if you don't mind. I don't, I don't know the amount of chance that I've been hearing from the sidelines. All those fans but, that watch. But that was you and Matt McCarthy. <laughs> Yeah. It definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think the season's got to go down as more of a high than a low. Like like you say, there's always going to be those what ifs of those games where you think, how have we won- not won that? We should have won that. This that happened, that happened. But I think when you look, when you step back and look at it, thinking, you know, you've just been promoted into that league, you've ended up with a team that doesn't resemble at all. The previous season, massive turnarounds, change in management, new assistant, and to and to finish with a respectable league position, I think it has to go down as a success. And I think you've done, I think you've done really well. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, I, do, I do, I do. As I said earlier, though, I do, like the start of the season, we didn't, we didn't expect to win the league like we always strive to win the league of course and to win every game but as you say getting promoted from last season yeah I, I don't think it's a bad season overall obviously the, the results are frustrating but for me looking at the reserves next season like I think it will be disappointment for the reserves if we don't get promoted next season like that that has to be the target now yeah, I think looking at looking at the league, I think it it's an achievable target as well. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like the reserves will underachieve if we don't get promotion next season. Whereas I felt like, as you said, 
we sit, we finish in a, a respectable position. Yeah. Yeah. This this season was an unknown with the changes. We're not going to get that going into next season now. There will there will obviously be churn. We'll have players who leave, players who come come in, but it's a much more recognised foundation of a team that we can build off of now, rather than you know the uncertainty that last season, you know the start of sorry the start of this season, the way that the way that it was in pre season, especially that's going to be. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times, but it is so vital for us to get that pre-season right and we will yeah definitely so over the course of the let's talk statistics then over the course of the season who were your top scorers and assisters so in terms of the top goal scorer um, that was Alfa Tio with eight goals Mm. Uh, when you when you consider how many goals we've scored this season, eight isn't a huge number. Um, but Al was was really important for us up to Christmas. Uh, there were a lot of first team games that were that were postponed, so we were able to to play um, play Al and a couple of other first teamers, obviously within the the rules that the league set. Um, we take great pride in that and the fact that we only use the numbers that we're allowed to use. Um, and, and Al, you know, contributed hugely at that first part of the season where we, he was available to us um, with, with eight. Um, and in terms of assists, um, a bit of a shock for, for Ollie Atwood, um, who's, a, who's a striker, uh, to, be, to be assisting as, as much as he did. Um, as well as not being as available as we would have wanted him to be, um, but but yeah, they, those were those were the the goal scorers. Another one uh, honourable mention in terms of goal scoring was Nate Price with four, Sankun with three, Cam Bryce with three, Abood, Ollie, Tom with three as well. So a lot of a lot of a lot of goal scorers and a lot of names that have also played in and around the first team as well, which demonstrates, you know, that pathway that we set at the club where if you play well in the reserves or if you play well, you know, you'll get that chance elsewhere in the in the club. Oops, how much did George get then? I didn't want to mention George. Um no, I missed George actually. He got um he got five yeah, five goals in eight. There. Yeah. Mm. So how, how many how many goal scorers did you have in total over the season? Twenty nine in total. That's good. Yeah, that's a lot of people chipping in, isn't it? Yeah. And did you yeah, say so Ollie we... was? Sorry, did you say Ollie was the top assister? Yeah, yeah. Ollie I mean, got he... Ollie got he got four assists, and I think just trying to <clears throat> just trying to find him now. I th- I think he probably end up playing about the same amount of games. Mm. Three, yeah, he played four games, three in the league, one in the cup, scored one, assisted four. Yeah, how many? How many people in total chipped in with the assists? Twenty-five. Again, that's yeah. you know, people contributing from all over the pitch. Sam. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'll tell you what, going on, bit of excitement, goal of the season. 
And I'll, I'll tell you what, I just want to, I'm going to let you do the talking, but I want to chip in. I've Watching reserve team football this season, I have seen two of one of the one of the best team goals I've seen scored at this level of football. Definitely so this the, season. The two that you're obviously referencing, uh, the first one would be Imperial at home. I, think it was Imperial. Was it we Dre? We out from the back. It was started from Liam. I think it might have went to Dapper over to me. Back on the right wing, back to me, over to Steph, through the midfield. I think Solden slotted it through to Dre. Dre's picked it up and just smashed it top corner. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. The opposition didn't touch the ball at all. Hell of a goal. And the second one, was it Ollie one? Do you want to talk him through that, Hoops? That was the, the Ollie Miles goal against Redbridge. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. It's almost a carbon copy of, of the, the the goal we've just spoken about at Imperial, you know, built up from, from the back, some good good play out on the wing. And I think Jordan Evans uh, collects the ball inside the box, back heels it into Ollie, and then Ollie just slots it in the bottom right-hand corner. And, you know, we, we joke about, you know, loo ball or berry ball and all this sort of stuff. But those are, are two two goals that really epitomise the way that we we strive to play. Playing out from the back is risky and it, it does put pressure on us. But the way that, you know, when you look at those two goals specifically and there, there are other, you know, there are other moments in the season where it's not ended up in the back of the net, but it's been played brilliantly through the through the team. But yeah, th- those are the two that I've got. Dre against Imperial and, and Oli yeah. against Redbridge. And both of them are, are on the VO. We've, we've got the clips and, you know, it's, it's something that you see it on, on, your, on your Instagrams and on your social media where VO mm. themselves actually play clips of teams scoring goals and stuff like that. And, that this is these these will be up there with with those clips that you see because just fantastic football and composed finishes from from the two that we've mentioned who are both very young players both yeah. new to the club um, and you know b- both goals have been in heavy wins for the reserves so both are definitely up there um, for me I, I if I had to pick. I don't know. It'd probably be Dre's just because it, it sticks out. I can I can literally p- picture the goal in my mind from from the minute it leaves Liam at the back. And yeah, it was it was a super super goal, and it it really cranked yeah. off. I see. A fantastic I, day. I think um, if I chose if I chose out of the two, it for me it would be um, the Dre's Dre's goal. But as much as you said, touch on what you said, Hoops, very similar goals. They were, but the difference between them was, I think, what made Ollie so good was the quickness of how it yeah. went from the back forward. And it was like two-touch football, whereas Dre's goal was very good from how he kept the ball for so long and broke the team down and just went through them and then scored. Yeah, I agree. For for me, so yeah, the, the the Dre goal. It was a more patient build up, wasn't it? Very patient, and to be honest, like the the strike was beautiful. Yeah, it was. 
outside left of the box and he's just bent it into the top far corner that that you know the end strike the end product was stunning but i i still not i mean it's it's all down to you this is your podcast i i still prefer Ollie Miles's goal i think it was like lou said it was fast it was crisp it was it was just one touch two touch pinged around diagonals and that it, do you know what it reminded me of like the arsenal of old when they used to say oh typical arsenal trying to walk the ball in the back of the net but you did. You literally walked it into the back of the net, and it was a, it was a nice finish from Ollie. Yeah. Was, is, no. are, are there any other goals worth mentioning throughout the course of the season? I don't know. I think they're the two. They're obviously, the ones that's they're the two that stand out uh, massively. Yeah. Which one you go? Well, you you you. I you think for me, I, I don't know. I think with Dre's, I think. It's because you're on the pitch, on it. That's that's why you're picking it. Well, I was heavily involved in that goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's it's not just that. I think the whole occasion as well. Like again, because it was against Imperial, we had the the first team up on the balcony, and um, there's a lot of players got a lot of love for Dre, obviously being uh, Connor's brother, and yeah. yeah is all wanting him to do well and score and I think the moment he scored like you can hear it on the VO the cheer from everyone was insane so I think it wasn't I think the whole the whole thing from the goal to the atmosphere of the the players cheering his goal yeah it was I, I would go with Dre's Agree Hooper? Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I, I agree Congratulations, Dre Collins on reserve team goal of the season. <laughs> on that note, should we go on to team of the season? Yeah, so me and Hoops haven't even, we haven't spoke about this, have we? Nope, not at all. How do you want to do it? Do you want to, do you want to each name your 11 or, or do it position by position? So I'll, let's, let's, I think, should let's we do, do a position? position. Position yeah. by position, I reckon. Yeah. Look how we work. <laughs> Great minds think alike, eh? <laughs> so I Blues. think the, the goal, the goalkeeper is quite obvious. Um, I'm, I went for Alex Benham. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Like in all seriousness, it's obvious it's Liam. Yeah. Yeah. He's um he, he's been super for us this season. Every everybody has moments where they could could have done better, and and Liam will hold his hands up and and acknowledge that himself. But when you look at probably the goals that he's he's kept out over yeah. the over the maybe the goals that he he, he could have done better on, it, it far outnumbers. He's he's won he's won man of the match a couple of times this season yeah. as well, Liam. Um, through his through the through the way that he's you know he's kept two clean sheets. I know that's not a fantastic number, but he's he's won man in a match twice in his thirteen appearances, and he's been a player that I I have to say you know he's he's a pleasure to have around the changing room uh, and on the pitch. He's improved massively, and I think you know that as long as he keeps his head in it. And comes in in pre-season and does the work that he needs to. There's there's no reason why I need to look anywhere else. Yeah, I think we we do have that confidence in him now as well. I think 
I think, as you said, uh, Liam knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses. And I think we know that as a team as well. So that's why we try and work with his weaknesses. So, like, he wouldn't mind me saying. I think it's just the commanding commanding his box and crosses where um, he's not as strong. Whereas, like, as you said, the, the, the shot stopping, he's unbelievable. And maybe coming off his line, he could do a little bit more. I mean... He got lobbed in that imperial goal, didn't he? So he came off his line that time, which didn't work. Yeah, and that was uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of the. It was one of the, and that was one of the first games where he, he he was just on the edge of his box the whole time. And and I went up to him at half time. The 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 goal that went in was the, the was kid didn't mean yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just w- walked up to him at half time, and I, and I think I've done it five or six times this season. And I just put my arm around him and said. Don't you dare get your head down over that. It happens. It happens to the best keepers. You watch it, you know, watch watch the Prem and you'll see, you know, massive goalkeepers, big goalkeepers make make wrong decisions, make mistakes. You can't let it affect you. And, no, and exactly. like I said, Liam's kept us in more games than he than he's lost us, if you want to put it that way, for sure. Like you said, the top keepers, the top keepers make mistakes at a high level. I mean, even when you go training, you see Jake Walsh in goal. He makes a mistake from time to time. Even Jake. <laughs> even Jake. That, that has to be one of the funny moments as well. Just oh. just, it, just it training where he gets his air. I was going to say he gets his air off. Oh, he do, he doesn't, does he? Um, but he he gets very frustrated, and it's it's just funny to see. But then saying that, a shite does have to go to Jake because he did play in goal twice this season for um, for the reserves and he did well better than I did uh, oh yeah that was another funny moment actually you going in goal oh, don't don't my shoulder <laughs> my shoulder still hurts so, so you're going to right back decided they... well for, first of all what are you going are you going to back four hooper ball or I've, back three, I've, gone, I've three. gone four three three same what that's sort of four, three, that three. That's the formation that we've gone with all seasons here. So with, with a cam or with like a, a holder and two eights? I've gone a cam. 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 Like a four, two, three, one then. All right. What's um four, four, three, what's three. your back four then, Hooper? So I've gone with Ryan at right back. Yep. Stefan Dapper paired it in, in the middle. And Lewis at left back. I've done the same. Any changes to that, Lou? No, nope. Ryan, Dapper, Steph, and me. Okay, talk us through it. Wow, go on, oops. Well, I was, I was going to say. I mean, Ryan's only really made that position his own in in la- in like the last four or five games, um, and to his credit. He's played across all three teams this season in varying positions. He played as a as a, a number nine in the first team. Um, he played he's played out on the wing for both the reserves and I think the first team as well. And he's done the same in the Colts. Um, but he, he's really found that position after we've we've had a couple of players go in there. We had Cully who who started started off as our right back at the start of the season, but he. he he was out for for several months with with a nasty injury, and and Trutch, you'll know Cully probably better than anyone else. He, he's that's Mr. A, that's consistent. That's his right back. That's his right back. 
Mm. Um, but he, it's it's nothing to do with with Cully's commitment. It's just his his um, his, his availability has been off because of injury this season. But you know we're looking positively into next season and hopefully have him back in and around it. But Ryan has has come in and for me he's done a really solid job in there. I, I love his. He, he's like he just goes into every challenge with no fear wins headers where you probably would look at him and think he ain't going to win a header against that sort of player. He, he's oh, just, yeah, he, he's yeah. a really good player. Like I like Ryan a lot. He's got that pace and he's arguably one of the quickest at the club, I think. I think that's what helps him. If he's, if he's positionally not where he should be, nine times out of 10, he can recover anyway because of his pace. Yeah. But he's, yeah. he's, um yeah, overall he's, he's, yeah, he can, he can run with the ball. He can header the ball. Surprisingly, at this level, he can throw as well without giving a foul throw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he can tackle. He don't mind putting a tackle in. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, does, get in, he does get involved. He's I, a I good do. lad. He's a good lad he, as well. I just think it's his... I think he just needs to be more confident. I think, especially in the last game, you could see that his, his confidence was a little bit low. Um but when he's playing with confidence, such a good right back. I agree. So on, on to your centre back pair and then Stefan Dapper. Well, we've mentioned them quite a few times already, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. They've had they've had enough air time tonight, haven't they? Yeah, it's not well, giving too many time. Just just a little bit longer. <laughs> cause because I need them. I need them for next season. But but to, to Steph's credit, he stuck with it. Dapper came in and, and changed the dynamic of the whole team when he came back because it gave us all that confidence with a, with a centre-back pairing with Steph. Um, he can play in centre-mid as well, Dapper. So he, he's, he's, he's a player that we can put in multiple different positions. Um, and when we look at players who have also played in there with Fez and Toby and, and Sam, you know, he it, it, it is that sort of that level above them, but they can aspire and they can play their way into the team as well um, if, if they put the work in and put the effort in. But for me, those two in the team um, just, gives, just gives me a huge amount of confidence. And yeah, without hesitation, they go in. I say because at the start of the season, from you know, from what I can gather, it was looking like Toby was going to feature heavily heavily for you, wouldn't it? But he sort yeah. of his availability fizzled out, it's hardly around. But because he was he was impressing early doors, wasn't he, Toby? He he was he was he he lost his he lost his love for football um, this season. Uh, I've spoken to him um, after after we played the last game, and. He's, 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 he fell out of love with it, but he wants to get his, his head back in into football for next season. So he needs to put the, the ski poles down, put the skis away. And, you know, fitness is not an issue for him. He, he can he can run marathons. He's he's crazy fit, but it's it's different with football. We all know football fitness and match fitness is, is a hell of a lot different than going out and running a marathon. Um, but he'll be a big player next season with a bit of luck. Yeah, and then you've both gone with Paulo Maldini at left back. 
<laughs> have, you just, have you just googled that no just off say the it again Paolo Maldini oh I like that I'm just <laughs> sick of my mouth Mr Lewis Berry at left back what's um yeah what's your well, thoughts I, I don't really want to talk about myself too much but without but, me playing 70 minutes for the reserves whenever I played for him I wouldn't be playing for the first team would I for the rest of the season yeah so Lou was my Lou was my, I was going to say 69 minute man. I think that's the average it worked out, but that's Ooh. a bit odd. Uh, <laughs> first of 69. Oh, 69 yeah. minute man. It's my key number at work as well. Anyway. Thanks, Thanks for that boring <laughs> fact. <laughs> that's a low of the season right there. Uh, no, but it, it went. There, there were players you've, you've played there over the course of the season. You had Matea play there. Uh, obviously, Sibley is a is a definitely an honourable mention. He's he's done he's done bits across all three teams over these last couple of seasons. It's Jack, uh, but but it was the the sort of that experienced head, um, positioning, uh, battle, fight, voice in the changing room. Uh, obviously, he's my assistant as well, and and. It goes without saying it's proven that first team quality in, in the reserves was was big whenever he played. Um and it was a shame I didn't get to see Lou play more minutes for the reses, but as we've already gone through, it's it's something that had to be done for the benefit of, of the club. Um but you know it it go yeah. It was an easy. It was almost like an easy pick for me to to get Lou in at left back. Yeah. So what's um for Hooper for what's, seventy what's, minutes only? Yeah, sixty-nine. <laughs> Hooper, what's your so what's your two sitting holding midfielders then? I've men- mentioned them already. Uh, Luke Crummins and Sol, both when when available. I'd, I haven't got how many games that they played together. Um, I haven't got that that stat on me, but I know for a fact it was not as many as I would like it to be. Um, Crummins was he had little niggly injuries that that he suffered from that stopped him from from being able to play as much as we would both like for him to play. But Sol was very consistent, um, and I felt. I felt sorry for Sol this season because there were so many players that he had to try and strike that partnership up with, and he just there was never a run of games that he could he could settle into a, a flow. You know, we had, we had Sam Holland in there, Charlie Kempson in there, um, Charlie Rogers was was one who played in that deep role as well for us. Josh Watt, so many players that we've we've tried to make it work, but. Crummins and Soul when 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 it worked, it worked worked really really well for the Reses. Yeah, have you gone with the same pairing, or have you gone with something different, Lou? Yeah, same pairing. Uh, well, my midfield three is the midfield three that I mentioned earlier, which is Soul Crummins and Charlie Rogers. Charlie in the ten. Yeah, I think they they just really complemented each other when they played played next to each other. Like Crummins brings like the calmness and he talks a lot. Just a solid all round player, good on the ball, he can pass, disciplined. 
Charlie brings a lot of energy, great attitude. And same with Soul as well. Soul just, well, Soul kind of just gets, gets on with it. He's a little bit more quiet, um, but he just gets on with it and he gets stuck in. He can pass the ball well. They just really, yeah, they just really complemented each other in that midfield three. They yeah, all, all of them, all of them are great positive attitudes. There was no arguing ever yeah. amongst them. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't say Charlie's a traditional number ten. Did he? He played in that role when you when you named those three, did he? Or or did you name those yeah. three out of them? Yeah, yeah. We had a, a good. There's a good few weeks when at hoops where we played. Those three in the midfield, but Charlie's not a Charlie's not a calm player where it's a it's a luxury player. Like Charlie gets back and forward. That's that's the difference. Yeah, he gets around the pitch. So it's all it's almost having like a, a at times I suppose like a flat midfield three at times. Yeah, but he was on there to be just in front of them too. He was he was like our Nate Price, Charlie Rogers, wasn't he? Like yeah, pricey. He's he's got a ridiculous um you know skill set on him. He, he's got flair. He's got the touch, but he wins he's got, headers. He, he's he's gritty. He's zesty. Um, yeah. I don't even I don't even know what that means, but apparently he's got that too. But no, I, I mean I I actually rather than Charlie and Charlie's a great shout. I don't disagree at all. But I I actually went with Ollie Miles as that more traditional cam sort of player. Yeah. Um, didn't get to see him a lot. Uh, he came came to the club very very late uh, in the season, but when he did, we seen him at training, and we we knew we had a player on our hands. And um, when he played, he what did he play for you in the end? Was it three games? That's a question. Three, yeah, three yeah. games, three goals, one assist, one man of the match. Yeah. I think the only thing with Ollie, um, which me and Ollie had a little conversation uh, the last game of the season, is just um, it's just his fitness, his match fitness, and he knows that he's aware of it, and he looks <laughs> he looks very leggy quite a lot of the time. Like I think it was the first fifteen minutes of the Avonmouth game, and I've turned around and said to him, I was like, "Are you all right?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." I'm like, "You sure?" And he just looked like he's ran for ninety minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, technically, like what a player, what a head of a player. He can yeah, he yeah. can move it around with both feet. I, I think he he leaves the opposition just guessing constantly what he's going to do next. Um, yeah. But yeah, I he's think. Got, do you know who he reminds me of? A lot of our a lot of our players yeah. might remember, like Pete Lucas and Ned. They've yeah. got those those silky little feet, which you don't know what they're going to do. But yeah, he he's um he said that. When it comes to pre, like he really wants to push on in preseason, get his match fitness. I think he definitely will have that potential to be one of the standout players for next season. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So before before we deliberate, who you're going to make a final decision on, Ollie and Ollie or Charlie? Let's go to the wingers. Well, I've gone, I've gone Khalil right and Abood left. Exactly the same. Is it? Yeah. It was such a it was such a shame with Abood um, that he that he he went off and did his own internship because I mean he was he was definitely pushing first team 
when when um when he left and you know he had a good good last game um against Lawrence Weston uh, but then that was it that was his season done at Christmas and I wouldn't say the reserves suffered as a result of of him of him leaving but we felt that that dip in quality I think um but yeah booed if we can get him back for next season and get him back in that football, getting back into football ways again, then that that'd be huge for the club. Um, it was a shame he couldn't come to the last game of the season, but you know it is it is what it is. We'll we'll work work with it. I think but, a nice touch from a booze, and, and you'll remember hoops. Um, I know we were playing away. We won the game three 0 didn't we? Uh, who was it not, against? That's Lawrence Weston. Lawrence Weston. And it was his last game when he told us, wasn't it? That he had to leave and do his internship. So he actually came up to me in hoops and said, like, thank you both so much. You've really got my love back for football. I just thought that was a really nice touch from him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you consider the way the first game of the season went. Um, Yeah. I, I I can be pretty savage at times with the way that, you know, with subs and things like that. I know you've mentioned it to me a couple of times, Lou. Um, yeah. But but for for me for hi, for him to come back into training that following Tuesday, apply himself in the way that he did. Obviously, you know, big shout out to you for for recognizing that potential for him to to go out onto the wing. But the minute he put a Wessex shirt on after after that first game, he he was untouchable and. And it was a big miss. Great. Like the yeah, and I, yeah. I think that was different from the first game. There was a lot of bickering and arguing amongst the players in that game, and and Abu was uh, involved in that in the first half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think after, as you said, take that first game away. I think his performances and attitude was outstanding. And obviously, before he left as well, he he played one or two games for the first team, I believe. He got yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he played. He played four times for the first team. Did he four times? It, it, it oh, would have been. It would have been more had it not been for that that horrible injury he had. Which set him back. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're still on about Abood, aren't we? Yeah, I, I was thinking you're, Khalil. you're talking about Khalil. Well, yeah. I, I think Abood played one game before I came back, and yeah, and I, said, he, I said one or two games. Yeah, that's what surprised me. You said four, in it. Yeah, no, that's me. But, late, but. Moving on to Khalil, um, yeah. what a player! We, we've we've spoken about him already, but um, he, he started off in the Colts, and it's the way that this club is. You know, we we test players out um, in, in the Colts, and then there's not that opportunity to move up through. Um, I think he might have had one, maybe two games down in the Colts, and Al and Sibs were absolutely raving about about Khalil and and Sankun. Um but. Khalil Khalil came into the into the reses and one of the first things he did was secure a, a massive three points for us against Lawrence Weston at home when we deserved absolutely nothing out of the game we we played terribly um, but a little bit of magic from him as we know you know at the time it was almost a little bit I thought it might have been a bit of a lucky chance that he crafted for himself but now we know that that's kind of his game. Uh, of getting the ball out of his feet and just doing something frankly ridiculous with it. 
Um, he's, he, he's one of those typical five-a-side players. But when yeah. when you get a five-a-side player that is very technically good and do all these tricks and nut, and the nutmegs, they can't sometimes deliver on an 11-a-side pitch. But he does. Like He translates it, doesn't he? Yeah. He does translate it onto... I'm talking of translation. I got, I, I, I'm going to give myself a big pat on the back. I think I helped him integrate with all my... Uh, Translation skills with me French. Correctly, he speak. You know, he speaks English. Yeah, it turns out his English is pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. didn't he tell you in in pretty good English that your French is terrible? Yeah, banter, yeah. banter. Yeah, <laughs> bants, le bants. I tell you, on, on the talk of wingers, I tell you a player who I'm sure you might agree with me. He was out for a long time. And then when he came back, you've seen his you've seen his his brief moments of quality. Hanks. I think he was a bit of a miss for you over the course of a season. Yeah, frustrated with Kanks. Um lovely, lovely guy. Um and there were some some games he's missed which were completely, you know, not his fault. You know, everybody's got family commitments, every work, you know, us three. We've got kids. We know what it's like with family yeah. commitments and things like that. I'll never hold that against any player. Um, but I think even Kanks would say himself, um, without the the family commitments and, and stuff that has happened, he hasn't been around the reses as much as maybe he would have liked, and for sure as much as me and Lewis would have would have liked him around. Um, because to be quite honest with you, he's he's a fantastic player. Um, can play anywhere across um, the front three in terms of you know left wing, right wing, or 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 cam, and yeah, we missed him in it moments this season, and and all I want is for him to to be back in and around it next season because that just makes the club stronger. I think with Kanks, yeah. was it? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it the Stoke side game at home? The one that we should have won and lost. Did he play in that game? Yeah, he came off after about sixty-five minutes. Yeah, didn't so he? For, for me, like that was a game where I'm watching and I'm like, "Wow, like we've missed this player." Like he lit it up so much at times in that game. He scored it's scored what... twice and got man of the match in that game, and that was yeah. that was a game where he, I, I don't think I don't think he played for. A couple of months in the build-up to it. I don't. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I remember watching it and thinking, if we didn't have him in that team that day, like we would have struggled a little bit more. Hmm. But he made a real difference, and that's why it's such a shame that he, he hasn't been able to make it that much this season. Yeah, another, another player who hasn't been around half as much as I would have liked, and and gives good options out on the wing is is Chan. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not just in the wing either. You can play left back as well. Yeah. But yeah, going back to Kanks, we can always get Fez likes to talk, don't we? We can always get Fez in his ear. <laughs> mm. might, go, might go the other way, though, with Fez. <laughs> <laughs> might talk him into retirement. So on, on to your striker then. So far, we've only got one one disagreement. Um Oops, who are you going with up top then? Number nine. Um, I've gone with with Sankun up top. Um, the reason why 
is uh, I, I, I he's got so much potential and, and that ability uh, in his in his first touch and in his in his shot. Um, but I think fitness is is a is a worry or has, a, has been a concern this season. Um, he, he reminds me of his, his playing style. Reminds me of like Lukaku. He get he, he can get the ball into him. It's just sometimes that touch lets him down. Um, but as a as a target man, as a number nine, he, he is, you know, he, he's been good for us this season. He scored some goals, assisted um, as well in in vital games, vital moments. Um, but you know, what can we expect from a player who's who's only really come into the team from around about Christmas onwards? Um, and yeah, I think given a good preseason and um, focus on his game. I think Sankun can do bits for us. Have you also gone with Sankun, Lou? Uh, well, no, I haven't. Yeah. Who have you gone with? Oh, I reckon I know, I know who you've gone with. So, yeah, I've, I've gone with... Uh, gone with Jordan Evans. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, talk us through it. Well, for me, like you obviously went around the start of the season, Nick, but he was in the reserves uh, for some games at the start of the season, started off down there um, and played very well. Scored goals, contributed to the team very well. And then last few games of the season as well he joined us in the reserves helped us out um obviously i was just very disappointed with the last game but take that last game out he has helped us massively and he scored five goals as super said earlier on doesn't sound a lot for the season to put a striker up there but yeah like he's not played loads of games but the games he's played He's played well for us, and I think if we had a, if we had a striker with George's ability um, for the whole season, I think it wouldn't would have made a massive difference. Yeah. And that's not it's not saying yeah. Like I think Sankun's a very good player. Um, I think sometimes players suit different teams, and I feel like the team. The majority of the players that we had in our team this season, it just suited the style of Jordan a little bit more than it did Sangoon. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. Jordan played eight, scored five with three assists. Sangoon yeah. played nine, three goals, three assists. So the, the stats yeah. aren't that different, but I agree the playing style of both are, are significantly, significantly different. And the way that the way the reses have played. It suits a, a player of George's on the pitch um, attributes more than maybe maybe Sankun's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, with with what you know, the la- the last game has to bear an impact on the decision um, that that I've made in terms of team of the season. Uh, it wasn't a good way to end the season uh, in terms of. The way that it went, I'm not. I'm not going to go into specifics because that's not what this podcast is about. Um, but it, it didn't. It didn't help uh, with with a player of of George's quality um, 
dipping out in the way that he did. So for for that reason, and also like I said, with the the attributes and the the, the way that Sankun plays, um, I've gone with I've gone with Sankun. So we've got two decisions to make, haven't we? So in the number ten, Hooper went with Ollie, Lewis went with Charlie. I tell you, and... never never honourable shout out to give uh, is Alex Fatio. I think, yeah, your top scorer, your top yeah, scorer is not your yeah, team. Exactly that. I think, uh, yeah, it, it's a difficult one because I couldn't, I couldn't feel like I could, I could put him in a team when I've been raving about the midfield three of Sol, Crummins, and Charlie Rogers. I think just as a team, but yeah, the contribution of of Alex this season has been outstanding. And he's yeah. even played. He's even played a false number nine for us as well. Actually, yeah, he did. We we, we went five or six games this season. We had Luke Glossop, um, who, who came in and did a false nine role for us. Yeah. Al did the same. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Al's Al's sort of made, he's he's made my bench because of he because of his contribution. Um, but it ha- you have to say that he has to be involved in that in that shout as well because of the the goals that he's he's brought to the the reserves in the build up to the new year. Well, I do like actually. There's a way around this. I do like playing with twelve men on the pitch, so we could always <laughs> <laughs> so we could <laughs> we could always have him in between the cam and the striker. Yeah, yeah, like it. Four, 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 three. No, typical typical Wessex. We'll we'll play by the rules. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> how are we? How are we deciding then? By rights, Hooper as the manager, he could pull rank, or what are you going to do? Discuss it. It's it's no, obviously I... between Ollie and Charlie, and then Sankun and George. I think I think for me, Lou Lou made some really good points with with Charlie, and and Charlie has put a, a lot into the reserves this season. Um, I, I love Charlie as a player. He's a, he's a super lad. Um, and Ollie has just started his his career off with, with Wessex. Um, he gave a lot at the end of the season, but Charlie also gave a lot. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to put Charlie in into that midfield. So he, he, yeah. he would then make team of the team of the season for the reserves. No problem with that whatsoever. I have a I'm funny like, feeling. I have a funny feeling we're going to stick with Sankum now. You know me so well. <laughs> I like it. I like the compromising. I knew you was going to do it. I had a funny yeah. feeling you put Charlie in, but I knew you wouldn't budge with that. <laughs> so, no, so the no, ones I, that... I would have Go died on. on that hill. <laughs> so the ones died on Sankum's hill. I'm surprised you didn't put yourself in the team of the season as striker. Oh no, I'm a CDM now. Oh, didn't concede a goal in the last in the in the last game when I came on against Avon May. That's when you put me in charge, wasn't it? I was, yeah, and you put twelve men on. <laughs> we didn't concede. We didn't concede <laughs> and didn't score. Uh, all right, right, Nick. Right, should we talk about your last game? What was the score? On the day, because he scored. Apparently, he scored in his last game, didn't he, for the reserves? No, I'm on about. I'm on about the first team. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. They were in holiday mode. 
Absolute holiday <laughs> mode. Shambles. But anyway, going on. They're on the beach. So, oh, I take it. Will. <laughs> I take it with no. Ollie Miles and Jordan Evans just missing out. They'll go on the bench. Yeah. Well, I, you, you want him on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't bring him on. He can, he can be the linesman, can't he? <laughs> Anyone else for the bench? Yeah, so I, my, my honourable mentions to make the bench would be Fateo. Uh, such a big loss to the club going into next season. Trush, I'm sure you'll touch on it in, in your first team podcast as well. Yeah. Um, but he's been he's been brilliant for us these last couple of seasons. Um, given so much to the club, and I just want him want him back when he gets back from his uh, from his little internship or his his trip abroad. Um, another one for me again mentioned him already, but Cully want him back, want him fit and, and available for selection because I, I genuinely think he's got an opportunity to to go into the first team as well as playing in the reserves because we know how dependable he is. Yeah, um, Ollie, uh, and I, I've I've got a choice to make now because I've got either Dre or Ore I, on my I bench. Would go, I would I would go with Dre for someone that's just come in the season. He's young. He gets got he gets given goal of the season for the reserves. I think it'd be a nice little touch for him. Yeah. I think we, the, the honourable shout for Ori then is he has come in, he's helped out, and he can play in multiple positions. Yeah. Um, again, a, a player that's not been around half as much as we would have liked him to have been, um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, going into next season, uh, we'll see we'll see Ori put yes on the app a little bit more. But yeah, that's that's the bench. I don't disagree with it really. It's it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to name name a bench of what five players out of yeah. a, out of a possible seventy players that we've used this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also important to mention Dom, um, such a young lad. How old is he? Sixteen. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, young youngest lad at Wessex, and. Um, yeah, I think he's done well. He's done well at times. I, but his first season in men's football, he's been playing for the reserves. I don't think he's done a bad job. And I think he's speaking to a trainer, he's really enjoyed it and really wants to push on as much as he can next season. So hopefully he can get a good pre-season down his belt. Yeah. So we'll quickly run through the reserve team of the season. Starting eleven, so we've got Liam Gardner in goal, Ryan Donahue right back, Lewis Berry left back, Big Stefana Spell partnered with Dan Ring, aka Dapper at centre back. Dapper, not ER. Uh, I'm born in Bristol. Yes, yeah, so was I. Um, but we can still say his still say his name properly. <laughs> 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 midfield, midfield of Sol Semiaba, Luke Crummins, and Charlie Rogers. Khalil Kamara on the right wing. Abud Shihadi on the left. 
and Mahamadou Sankoon up front. Up front. Good strong eleven. Who was on the um? Who was on, on left, left wing? Abood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his last name? She had it. I think. From Bristol, is it? She had her. Yeah. <laughs> Good team. Good team. So just um. Just before well, we wrap up, then it, it'd be a good team if we had it consistently. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are we are we doing that now? <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we wrap it up, then what's 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 the plans for next season? Then, um, well, we we've mentioned preseason, and it is it's it's a huge it's a huge part of the build up into the season, obviously. Um without wanting to go into details. Uh, this is at the point where Trimble probably puts his video back on and starts looking at me in the eyes. But um, the details around pre-season has to be almost like a military-esque boot camp with the hot, the sole focus on on getting real fitness into these players going into, into, the, into the pre-season friendlies. Um, and yeah, just mass it. We need we need signings. We need to bring quality in. There, there'll be players that leave, natural churn, players that haven't been available, um, and, and players moving on to different clubs. We get it at the end of every season, but the focus has to be on building cores for the three teams. The first team need that that central not central but they, they need to have that that core of players that you can call on over the course of a season you know a solid 15 16 that you you would look at same for the reserves and and for the Colts as well so it has to be the focus on on adding quality and going into those first games of the real season without having to talk about the f word in fitness because yeah. we were talking about fitness in January, and it it really irked me that we that we, we, it was being used as an excuse. Um, when 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 you looked at really good teams, your broad planes, your your Avermouths in the first team, first teams league, they weren't talking about fitness. They weren't talking about fitness past November, if not before. So the fact that we were still talking about it in January was a it was a farce, to be honest. Um, so that that's that for me is is going into into next season. The the big focus. And I think with pre-season, um the effort's gonna be put in from the managers and coaches. Um so we need the same from the players. Like if we're gonna be running sessions twice a week between us as managers. That we need the players to commit as much as possible, because it's not always easy for players to to do their own fitness outside of work. But if we're putting on sessions twice a week, we expect players to then be there at least once a week. Yeah, yeah. or 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 demonstrating they're doing it outside as well. It's such a massive thing at this level of, of football. I think if you have a whole team. That are fit, that can contribute to help and help win the league easily, easily. Yeah, definitely. 
it's that consistency that we keep talking about year after year, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, well, I think that I think that wraps up the podcast, the uh, the end of the season review. So thanks for thanks for joining me, gents. No worries. Enjoyed it. And um, yeah, another just one final shout out to our sponsor, Continuum, for all their uh, all their help and assistance over the the course of a season. Um, and thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more podcasts soon. Up the Wessex. Oh, the Wessex. <laughs>